Hey, Brown Girls, it's Ashanti, host of the Brown Girls Guide to Politics. Today, I'm so excited to bring you a special bonus episode with Act Blue. I'm speaking with Tamara Wilds Lawson, the Movement, Issue, and Charitable Organizations Director at Act Blue. We discuss the 2022 midterms, the importance of grassroots momentum, and the core issues getting people out of their homes and out to the polls. I hope you enjoy this conversation. We are here with Tamara Wilds Lawson, who is the Movement, Issue, and Charitable Organizations Director at one of our favorite organizations and sponsors, Act Blue. Tamara, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Ashanti. I'm really happy to be here. So first, tell us a little bit about your work at Act Blue and what drove you to want to do the work with such an amazing company. Sure. So as you mentioned, I lead Act Blue's Movement Issue and Charitable Organizations team. I'm going to call it MECO for short for the rest of the conversation. Love it. <laughs> and I'm really thrilled to have this opportunity just to talk a little bit about what we do. So the MECO team leads our ActBlue Charities efforts. And for those of your subscribers or listeners who may not be aware, ActBlue Charities is the organization's charitable arm, um, a family of organizations. So ActBlue Charities was launched in 2016, and it's where 501c3 organizations raise funds. We work closely with all types of nonprofits and groups interested in building grassroots support and making an impact by using ActBlue Charities to reach small dollar donors. So our team, the MECO team, is here to answer these organizations' questions, assist them with using ActBlue Charities tools. And they do this work year-round. But as you know, Giving Tuesday kind of marks the transition into (laughs) end-of-year giving. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so these organizations being able to diversify how they reach donors is particularly important as December 31st draws closer. And to answer your last question, um, you know, we do as much as we can to meet these nonprofit organizations' needs. And I'm really proud of, of our efforts. And I understand it on a personal level, given that I, I was in the nonprofit sector as a leader for a decade. I was... Uh, with the Nationals Philanthropies Organization, which is the charitable arm of the Washington Nationals baseball team. And then for seven years prior to that was the director of the Posse Foundation's Washington DC office. So I was in the trenches uh, in the nonprofit space and know just how important it is to be able to reach as many donors as possible. Awesome. I loved hearing about your history. And we talk about the power of small dollar donors a lot on the podcast. And they really showed up during the midterms as well. So can you talk a little bit about how you connected with small dollar donors during the midterms, during Giving Tuesday? And what was their impact in particular on the elections this year? 
Yeah, great question. And I, I'd say to start that essentially we just doubled down on what we've been doing, right? You're really familiar with ActBlue. So yes. you, 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 know, um, you know how intense this work is. So we've been doing it for over a decade um, and, and doing it effectively. So one of the most important things that we did was we listened to the candidates, listened to the campaigns, and provided them with the platform they needed to reach small dollar donors who gave twice as many contributions and doubled the total dollars raised via ActBlue compared to 2018, which is, which is significant. So the successes that we saw reflected that, and they were a direct result of the organizing work that these Democratic campaigns and candidates were doing. And one of the things that I grabbed a hold to that our executive director, Aaron Hill, has said post-election is that the organizing and the grassroots efforts and the small dollar donor support helped candidates compete everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Not just in a particular region, not just at the, you know, at the state level, but um, at local levels, down ballot. Folks were fired up, Ashanti, mm-hmm. about <laughs> protecting their rights. Um, and Act Blue was a critical conduit for all that energy. Yes. And I love that Aaron said that. I love Aaron. She's just such a wonderful person. And it definitely had an impact on these races. When you look at some of the women of color candidates in particular who were heavily outspent, it's because of those small dollar donations that they were still able to remain so competitive. And we saw such a good year for women of color ascending in higher office, being elected to office. And you have mentioned that there were a lot of really important issues on the ballot this year, such as reproductive rights, making sure that we're having gun reform. Yep. And were there any other ones that really stood out to you where you were saying, oh my gosh, people 100% recognize that everything continues to be on the line and they're really showing their giving power. I think, you know, the the issues you mentioned were key, right? Particularly the reproductive rights, the groundswell of of activism around that. But outside of that, just like fundamental democracy protection Mm. was massive because of all of the election deniers that were on the ballot. That was a galvanizing issue um, at the across the country at the local level, right? There were particular states where people showed up and showed out and were like, you know, we are we are not going to miss this opportunity to stand up and um, and fight for our democracy, which is in crisis. And I think there were a lot of naysayers going into the election, right, who thought that the the messaging work being done around that was for not. And I think um, I think folks really underestimated, again, the grassroots work being done to help voters really connect the dots around that. Um, so, you know, specifically, there were, uh, for example, there were pro-democracy secretaries of state in Arizona, Michigan, and Nevada. Uh, Democrats flipped the governor's seats in Arizona, Maryland, and Massachusetts. And in all of those instances, kind of foregrounding this critical time to ensure that the people that we have in office believe in democracy, believe that 2020 was a legitimate election, 
um, that made a huge difference. I think if you had told any of us a year ago that that was going to be a galvanizing mm-hmm. issue, we would have said, you know, no, right? It's mm-hmm. too, um, it's too general. But I think the the extremism that led a lot of the um, Republican candidate messages that were out there mm-hmm. um, had, you know, there was they backfired, and so mm-hmm. you had a campaigns, candidates, organizations um, on the progressive side who really spent time helping folks understand what was at stake and that our very democracy was at stake in some cases if these election deniers were elected. Absolutely. So glad so many of them won. And really, we had people paying attention to who was on the ballot, which we know is so key. And right now, we still know we are in the runoff in Georgia. A lot of people are paying attention to that. So we still have things going on politically with organizations. And particularly in Georgia, we're seeing really great turnout for the runoff. So are you at AgBlue seeing that not only in Georgia, but across the country, we're still able to see how progressive issues and causes are mobilizing people to get out and vote. Yeah, we we are we're definitely seeing that. And I, I also think we've been we've been watching and tracking, right? Um again, our job is is to to make it easier for uh, low dollar donors to connect with the campaigns and the candidates that um that they want to support and vice versa. But we pay attention to trends. And one of the things that we've seen is that progressive ideology, to your point, um, is gaining a lot of momentum. And one of the things we think uh, contributed to that were the, the youth turnout, the high youth turnout was one of those mm-hmm. things. And when youth turnout is high, it tends to skew liberal. And there were a number of progressive candidates who won their races and beat out candidates who some folks would uh, would would deem centrist, right? So there's a there's a I wouldn't call it a wave, but there's certainly um, momentum mm-hmm. behind really progressive issues and candidates, and and that's showing up. Um, it sure it certainly showed up in the midterms, and it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward with um, with our leadership in in Congress in state government. We'll, we'll see what happens. But the political landscape and progressive politics certainly looks different. Mm-hmm. Again, making that comparison between 2018 um, and 2022, it's, you know, it's still trending upward. Mm-hmm. Tamara, thank you for all of your work. Before we close out, we have donors on listening to this. We have elected officials listening to this. We have people with charitable organizations listening to this. Tell them the ways that they can connect with ActBlue. So I think one of the best ways is to, to check out our website and to, uh, if, you're, if you are a candidate or a campaign, you definitely want to connect with my colleagues who. Um, are ready and willing to do everything from conduct trainings to walk you through the tools and how best to use it. If you are a donor, 
it's likely you've you've been on our platform before, <laughs> haven't met a lot of um, folks who believe in progressive issues uh, who haven't, um, but we have a wonderful team who will be responsive to your needs. We have uh, resources on our website that will enable you to um, click through and use our express checkout feature. Yes, uh, I love that feature. Yes. I love it so much. Yes. And there are um, opportunities for you to, on the uh, Act Blue charity side, give to nonprofits that are making a difference. And if I can just say one last piece about those nonprofits, we spend a lot of time after elections, understandably looking at election results and voter turnout stats, uh, that's what leads the headlines. But it's often grassroots organizations, many of which are nonprofits, that are engaging and educating their communities about what's at stake, which we talked about a little bit earlier. So they play such a foundational role in building the relationships with voters and folks in the community without their work. Many voters, particularly the historically marginalized folks that we know about um, mm -hmm. all too well, mm -hmm. might stay home because they've been the target of misinformation campaigns or, you know, and they believe that their safety's at stake if they show up and vote, or they just believe that the election um, isn't relevant to them. And so the work that these grassroots organizations do to combat that and to um, invest in, in folks and in potential and existing voters is massive. And I'm so proud of the work that the MECO team does to highlight those organizations, but most importantly, connect donors to them and their critical work so that we can see the results that we saw in November. Yes. Tamara, thank you so much for everything you and the Miko team do to everything that ActBlue does that makes it so easy for people to get involved and support our democracy and the great candidates, elected officials, organizations that are protecting it. Thanks so much, Ashanti. Thank you so much to all of our listeners please take the time to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps us out. For more information on the Brown Girl's Guide to Politics, check us out at thebgguide.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The BG Guide. The Brown Girl's Guide to Politics podcast is produced by Wonder Media Network, and you can find them at wondermianetwork.com. Until next time, brown girls.